want to go live on Streaming Island. That's perfect. <laughs> Streaming Island? <laughs> This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Max Tooley. Max Tooley plants Tameth Williams. It's Tooley. Max Tooley to the end zone. And intercepted by the Cougars. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. I'm not sure how we haven't to this point worked out some type of agreement with Thule Time and Tim Allen. and <laughs> Yeah, home improvement. I love that show. That was great. Well, Max Thule last year, you forget, he only played in seven games. He started six, but he had three picks, two were pick sixes. He's going into his sixth season at BYU. I spoke with him earlier this morning about the start of fall camp. Max, what does your sixth reporting day feel like? Dude, sixth year? Feels, I mean, it's crazy it's been this many years. But, yeah, it's just just like every other fall camp. The nerves are still there. Um, still still just trying to get in that right mindset for fall to come and to play in some games and to win some football games. So, yeah, it's, it's feeling good, though. At this point, do you know how to run this marathon of fall camp? Because the excitement level is off the chain at the beginning for everybody. But then kind of week two or three, sometimes it feels like it's a drag. It's like, okay, we still have like two more weeks until the first game. So how do you sort of approach the beginning of this? Are you like calm, cool, collected? Are you stoked? Are you chahooing in the uh, locker room? How do you approach it? So, I mean, personally, yeah. Like after six years, I feel like there's a certain – level of expectation for what what's going to come this month and you know the first couple of years is a little a little scary a little hesitant because you don't know what exactly you're getting yourself into but I feel like at this point in my career I'm a little bit more at that you know cool and collective stage where you know it's just it's another process in the step for the season and you know just, just ready to take care of some business so Okay, with that said, though, it's the first year in the Big 12. So is there a sort of and a new defensive coordinator, new defensive staff, minus General Guilford, is there a, a kind of a newness to this fall camp that's unique with those uh, circumstances? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's it's going to be a learning curve for everybody. Um, I mean, a lot of the guys have, have been in for a spring and had some experience, but um, I haven't been quite as lucky just because I was out for the spring ball. So I have some catching up to do. So in a way, it is this kind of like one of those first years where I got a lot to learn, a lot to prove, um, a new defense to, you know, really execute in. So, yeah, there's a lot of those first couple of year nerves um, going along with this new defense and this new system. So. People talk about, okay, if you, you know, play spring, you're ahead, you're getting ahead. And, and in your case, you sat out with shoulder surgery. So what do you need to learn in fall camp to sort of catch up? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in spring it was good because I got a lot of the mental side down, um, learning the plays, you know, seeing where, where things are supposed to go and how things are supposed to, to be executed. Um, so now I think it's just a matter of getting that, that muscle memory down um, doing what I've always done and just playing football in the fall. So I think at this point it, it should come pretty natural. But, yeah, just just getting that muscle memory down, getting those plays, getting those repetitions um, so I can feel ready for the, for the games. 
We're talking to Max Tooley, a senior linebacker on the BYU football team. Max, what are you most excited about this defense? Because everyone talks about, hey, it's more aggressive, it's more aggressive. But, like, give me some specifics about that level of aggressiveness and sort of what your role will be in that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think everybody's answer is there's a little bit more aggressiveness to our defense now. Um, and I'd say, you know, specifically with my position, that's that's probably the main difference. Um, I'm playing a little bit on the different – the opposite side of the field playing on the boundary now but we're going to be you know coming from all directions so i think i think that 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 aspect of our defense the mysterious unpredictableness of our defense that's that's really exciting to me and something that is definitely going to be a little bit of a shift from what we're used to from the past so what's predictable is you getting a pick six uh you had two last year the celebration was this so I want to ask you, is this the celebration this year if you get a pick six again? <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. We'll see what happens when uh, when that pick six comes. You know, celebrations for me are kind of just spur of the moment. I don't know what they mean. They have no rhyme or reason. But, you know, just got to be excited to play the game. That's how I've always looked at it. Would you rather have your two pick sixes or Ben's one? <laughs> Dude, that's that's tough. I mean, <laughs> his was pretty it's good. For sure, a bias. There's for sure a bias, but I feel like, you know, 14 points is greater than seven. So when it comes down to it, we're talking know. to the college graduate Max Tooley. You know math. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take a math yeah, class at BYU. I'm I sure. know math. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Okay, th this yeah. group of linebackers, certainly led by you and Ben Bywater. There's some young guys uh, that you know, uh, Ace and Mike Kafusi, Isaiah Glasker, and others. Um, you know, uh, Amon Hanneman is in the group. AJ Vongpachak comes from Utah State. You mentioned you're going to play on the boundary. Who's specifically competing at your position for playing time there? Um, you know, at this point, I feel like it's been a matter of just everybody learning every spot. You know, you can never be too comfortable. But um, I feel like at the boundary in the spring, you know, we had Ammon playing a lot of the rover spot. Um, we had Mike Kafusi playing that spot. Sione Moa. You know, a lot of guys are are able to play multiple positions, and that's what I think is good about our, our linebacker group right now. Um, you know, if guys need to step in at Mike, they can step in at Mike. If they need to play um, Sam to the field, they can do that as well. So I think that's that's the good thing about our, our linebackers is, you know, we're all pretty versatile and athletic, and we can we can move around where we're needed. So, How does the role of the linebackers uh, change, if at all, in this defense this year? Um, I don't know. In my opinion, linebackers are always kind of the core and the heart of the defense. If your linebackers are playing good at that, that middle level, um, I feel like the whole defense is going to play pretty well. But I think with this year, we're just having more of an emphasis on aggression and attacking the line of scrimmage, attacking downhill, um, filling gaps, filling holes. I think, I think it'll all just bounce off of each other. We'll all, we'll all, uh, see different improvements in our game um, from just the level of play that we're playing. So, Max, for this defense to be awesome, everyone obviously has to do their job and be their best. What does your best look like this year that not only helps this defense but helps get you an NFL opportunity next year? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's a matter of, you know, sticking to your assignment. For me, I've, I've kind of had a taste of what playmaking really can be like, and I think I really just want to capitalize on, you know, taking that to the next step, furthering my uh, playmaking abilities, making 
more plays like those pick sixes and uh, plays that catch people's eye. Um, for me personally, I think that's probably the, the next step is just to build upon what I've already done here at BYU and, uh, you know, put it all together in the final six season. What are you hoping for out of the gear that you will receive today? <laughs> Shoot, gear has become so, like, underwhelming, I feel like, uh, over the years. You know, after, after you've gone to five, this is your sixth fall camp, um, you know, gear is gear. I think I might have got this shirt my first fall camp, honestly. 2018? So, yeah, like it might be a five-year-old shirt. But um, I don't know. Gear hasn't been always my biggest, uh, you know, selling point. But, you know, you can always you can always be more excited. You know, Big 12, there's probably more stuff coming. Um, so we'll see what happens come this week. <laughs> what's your, what, with that said, the understated nature of this, what's your favorite piece of gear that you own of BYU? Um, I feel like the shoes are always the best, you know, especially, you know, they're coming into the big 12. They've, they're branching out. We used to get some of the same shoes every year. Um, we're starting to get cooler shoes, more, uh, more likable for, uh, you know, what we wear on a regular day basis. So I think shoes are always fun. Um, but you can never have too many shorts or shirts, honestly. So are you rocking the Monarchs like Keaton Slovis? Shoot, I need to be. I'm rocking some <laughs> goofy slides. Can't even see him. <laughs> oh, this is a slide kind of day, Max. You yeah, this is up, the slide. Relax. <laughs> yeah. What does a um, successful fall camp look like, by the way? G given that it is long, it is a grind. What what would yeah. what will make a successful fall camp here? I mean, personally, I think everybody's got different 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 levels of success for fall camp. For me, at this point in my career, I really just I want to learn the defense. I want to, you know, get it down and, you know, ultimately stay healthy. Um, I've been battling health this last year. So I think that's my number one priority is just to, you know, stay in the stay in the training room, stay rehabbing up, um, staying on top of my ice and whatnot, keeping my legs fresh because um, it's truly a grind every day out here. So just getting through, you know, mastering the defense. I think that's the main main goal for me right now. How's the shoulder, and could you play a game today? Yeah, for sure, could play a game. I mean, I, I like to think I could play through most anything, but, yeah, the shoulder's feeling real good. Um, it's been a solid recovery. Got it done in December, so, yeah, we're looking at almost eight months. So it's, it's been a while, so it should be, should be good to go, good, good to go come September. Well, that's good because uh, you got a full month of practice and then uh, on to uh, Sam Houston coming up September 2nd. Max, we appreciate the time. Best of luck uh, getting the gear and uh, in fall camp, man. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Here's the more pick sixes in a sixth year of BYU football. Cougar Stats tweeted uh, nine minutes ago, Max Julie has two interception returns for a touchdown. The BYU career record is three. Said by Ooh. Mike Russell, who did it in two seasons as a JUCO transfer in 73-74. I believe Tom Homo... Had at least two. Yeah, two. Right. Washington State, 81. And, and San Diego 80, State? 82, Georgia. Oh, no. Right. So somebody returned a, an interception for a touchdown against San Diego State in 79, but maybe it wasn't Tom. I think Tom was probably a little young at that point. Yeah. But I think Tom had two. He's tied with uh, Max Tooley. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. He's got a nose for the ball. If you miss any interviews, Deep Blue shows, games, other content you want to watch after further review, and so on, the first episode from last week, download the BYU TV app, get all the BYU TV sports content on demand on BYUSN.com.
Up next, NFL training camps have begun. Puka Nakua, not surprisingly, making Puka-type plays. Are you taking him as the most prominent BYU rookie this season, or is it anybody else? This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Make sure you follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Reds, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Are we going to say that this week only? Is that what we're doing? X? X. No, X. Formerly Formerly known known as as Twitter? Twitter? No, I think it's forever going to be known as formerly Twitter. (laughs) I don't. I don't know. By the way, confirm Tom Holman did have pick sixes against Wazoo and Georgia. Not sure if there's no one. Okay. Yeah, I'll hit him up. At least two. The show rolls on from Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's roll out today's headlines. BYU football players report to camp today. That includes getting gear, pads, helmets, gloves, cleats, etc. First practice being held tomorrow afternoon. Also, the Maxwell Award watch list was released this morning for best player in the country. BYU's got two players on this list. Whoa. In Keaton Slovis at quarterback and Aiden Robbins at running back. One of 17 teams to have two players listed. Nobody had three. The NFL is celebrating Back Together Weekend. 21 different BYU players are in different training camps around the league, representing 19 different National Football League teams. In other NFL news, the Green Bay Packers have claimed James Empey off of waivers from the Tennessee Titans, so James Empey's headed to Green Bay. There you go. Ashley Hatt scored two goals, had an assist on Friday night for the Washington Spirit in the NWSL Challenge Cup. She became the second player in Washington history, scored two goals, get an assist in a single game, and it's the second time in NWSL Challenge Cup history that anybody's done. Every time she does something great, I just become more and more bitter that she's not with the World Cup squad. Well, they're not subbing anybody in, so ask Lynn Williams how that's going to happen. Ari Mackey-Williams, BYU women's basketball in the FIBA three-on-three tournament for New Zealand. In Edmonton, Canada scored four points, had a couple of rebounds as New Zealand failed to advance out of the knockout rounds, but still very cool that she got to represent her country in that competition. That's cool. Big weekend for Cougars in golf. Yeah! Two-year-old former Cougar Zach Blair shot a 64 yesterday. The 3M Open in Minnesota to uh, finish tied for 13th. He regained his PGA Yes, Zach! Two years after a pair of surgeries on his right shoulder. He's plus 900, by the way, to finish top 20 Sunday. Not bad. Honorary Cook Tony Finau in the same tournament finished seventh at uh, 15 under. Peter Quest shot seven <laughs> under to tie for 50th as well. On the Corn Ferry Tour, former golfer Patrick Fishburne got to OT, oh. took second in the NV5 Invitational, nailed an eagle on 18 to get there. To force the playoff. To force the playoff. And it got there. to a second hole of the playoff. Oh, man. And BYU golfer Tyson Shelley won the Pacific Coast Amateur, shooting a 62 in the final round. How about the golfers? We're a golf school. It's a golf. We're a golf school. school. BYU has named Zach Warren as the new men's tennis coach. Warren, former BYU men's tennis player from 2004 to 2006. I think we were in school with him at some point. BYU men's assistant coach from 2009 to 2012, returns to Provo after working as the associate head coach of the Cal women's tennis program for the past nine seasons. Welcome home to Zach Warren. And Jackson Clough went uh, four for 10, four runs, four RBI over the weekend. Daniel Schneeman also hit a solo homer. More on Schneeman in a month. Those are today's headlines. Let's opinionate a little bit and whip it. 
Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. After Falcons training camp, Tyler Algier signed autographs for everyone except a Utah fan who offered his hat to him, <laughs> but Tyler gave him a fist bump. Was this the right move? Of course it was the right move. I just was impressed at how quickly he recognized what was actually happening, because it's like chaos. There's a bunch of players. He like, saw the drum around. and feather. He wasn't he's about like, it. Oh. He's like, no, I, I ain't going to do it. But as Tyler does, very cordial. Yeah. This was 100% the right move. He like, he was like, nah, and then he was like, this one. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, that's a classy move. You don't have to sign that hat. Let's stay with NFL training camp news. First up, Puka Nakua catching this touchdown pass at Rams training camp. Jeremy, the question is, will Puka Nakua be the most prominent rookie out of BYU this season, or is it someone else in the field? No, it's Puka. He's going to get PT. He's going to get time. Jaron might get a little bit of mop-up duty, but unless Lake, there's maybe? an injury. Yeah, yes, but we won't be able to quantify it very well. What, are we going to go to BFF and be like, yes, he's if he's a star, if Blake's a starter then all that's, year, that's the way. get a tackle spot? That is the way. Perhaps. But if Puka uh, you know, has 10 catches, he may be the guy as a rookie. Blake might not be blocking for Jonathan Taylor. That's we'll see running. how that drama yeah. goes. Yeah. In Kansas City, Matt Bushman caught a couple of touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. Will Bushman make the Chiefs 53-man roster? No, but he's going to be 100% on the practice squad, and he will be elevated to the 53-man roster at some point this season. Yeah, they, he's not even listed in the top three on multiple depth charts, ESPN, our lads as well. You got Travis Kelsey, of course, but Noah Gray's in his third year. Joe Fortsey's in his third year. Blake Bell's in his ninth year. Kendall Blanton, fourth year. Um, Matt has played two games total, 10 snaps in the NFL with the Raiders in 21. The hope is that he can crack into it eventually. Yes. So that's certainly a busy room. They use the tight end effect. Yeah, he's going to make the, the practice squad. I this think is a good gig on the Super Bowl champ. 100 got a ring. And I think just with attrition and injuries and whatnot, like at some point he's going to be on an active roster in the season. And who knows, maybe he pulls the Taysom Hill where he has a really nice camp and then someone else picks him up and actually plays him. I would love that. Former Coug baseballer Daniel Schneeman, recently on the program, hit a home run. boy, still doing his thing for the Columbus Clippers over the weekend, but that may not have been the highlight of his weekend, Jerem. Maybe it's this picture with David Baker, who is the actor who plays Stanley Hudson from The Office. So what's better, this photo or another home run in Schneeman's career season? Did I stutter? <laughs> no, it's with Stanley. That's great. That's fun. Yeah, and, and Schneeman looks like he's been there before. I love it. That's great. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the photo. It's yeah. just such a unique opportunity. That's awesome. For sure. And I'm happy for Daniel. Like, he's having a great such a season. Humble, um, unassuming type play. Just head down, go to work, do his thing, and he has elevated himself nice. Life Alley just got an assist coach gig with the softball team, which is awesome here. So, yeah, they're a, they're a, they're a ball-playing family. The power couple. Yep. Up next, the director of football equipment for BYU football. This is a huge day for him. Specifically, he's Josh Hewitt, and he joins us live to preview the gear, some of the other things the players are going to get. This is BYU Sports Nation. Black. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Of all the teams we've been on, I feel like this is the most depth at every position offensively. This is probably the deepest room BYU's ever seen. 
there's a, a different feel to the team this year, and I, and I like it. We are live at Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. I like the confidence. Right? Two we just newcomers heard? feeling uh, good about the group. Yeah, leading that running back's room. They've both been at two other schools, by the way. This is their third school. They have a sense of sort of what a team looks and feels like at the beginning of the year. When we talked about that specifically yes. yep. in the interview that you're about to see is what is it about BYU that makes the Cougars different for a guy like Aiden Robbins? Again, Deion Smith we'll hear from later this week. But there's also a new nickname for the running back's room. That and more discussed in my one-on-one with the new BYU RB1, Aiden Robbins. Aiden, how would you sum up your first day of training camp as a BYU football player? Oh, very excited. I'm not going to lie. Um, it was good to get out there, you know, get acclimated, <clears throat> you know, get around my teammates and really get that first, you know, that first practice and the first official practice. I practiced in the spring, but it was nice to – get the team periods, get the one-on-ones, you know, all the action, man, with the guys standing all around. So it was, it was nice, man. It was nice to be a part of BYU first Big 12 practice. What are you trying to accomplish, especially in these first few days of camp? Um, just, you know, getting the offense down, um, minimizing mistakes, um, you know, learning my teammates, obviously learning the defense I'm going against, and, you know, just, just trying to perfect, perfect my craft. How are you feeling as far as health and hand and, and being as close to 100% as possible? Yeah, I mean, I feel good. Obviously, you know, from this point on, your body's never going to be 100%. That's just how it is playing, playing this game. But, um, you know, I feel good and I do my best to, to recover. That's, that's part of my job, too. So, <laughs> What have you noticed that is immediately different about the culture around BYU football, especially out of practice? Just a bunch of good human beings, man. There's a lot of good people around here. Um, <clears throat> you know, just just being around this great place, all the beauty. I mean, look at the mountains behind us, man. It's <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I, like I, I've said this a thousand times, I never thought I'd be at Utah, but look, here I am. Um, I play for a great coach who's a better human being than he is a coach, which is which is great. I would love to. I, I mean, there's a bunch of great coaches out there, but you want to play for a guy that actually cares about you and loves you, and and it's kind of a father away from home. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Aiden Robbins is with us on BYU Sports Nation. How would you explain the BYU running backs room right now? This is probably the deepest room BYU's ever seen. Um, I've been a part of some really, really good running back rooms, specifically at Louisville. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I love the guys, man. We all hold each other accountable. We all push each other to different heights. And, man, I'm just excited to to see the the, uh, the stable go crazy this year. The step show, we call, it, we call ourselves the step show. The step show, what's the story behind that? Because we're all steppers, we're all step. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as you stare down Sam Houston State in you know roughly a month from now, where do you feel like BYU football, as an offense specifically, has to improve the most? Um, I think just, just overall, just making sure everyone does their assignment. I mean, there's 11 people on the field at a time, and you can't have success unless all 11 people are doing their job. And that's from the O-line, the running back, the quarterback, and all the receivers, tight ends, just, just everyone knowing their assignment and, and doing what they're supposed to do. What's your quarterback like, specifically Keaton Slovis, and working with him? Keaton's a great dude, man. <laughs> I mean, that's my locker, that's my locker teammate. Um, you know, we're next to each other in the locker room. We do a lot of things together. Um, obviously, there's a lot of media about both of us. And, you know, that's cool and all, but, man, above all, Keaton's a great dude. He's a leader. And, you know, that's what you want. You want your quarterback to be a, to be a leader. You want him to take control, take charge of things. And he does a great job of that. He's a pro. He's a pro at what he does. 
When you see those preseason accolades, whether it be for you or for Kingsley Suomatai or for Keaton or for somebody else on offense, how do you handle those things, especially when there are so many question marks around BYU football because you have so many new moving pieces? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 a blessing. Don't get me wrong. You know, I I love I love all the. The preseason accolades, man, but I want the real thing. Um, you know, I support my teammates. I'm happy for everything, but our goal right now is to win a championship and then everything will follow through. Aiden Robbins again on BYU Sports Nation. I want to talk a little bit more about your quarterback. I've heard a number of your teammates on offense just explain him as a true general. What is it about him and his demeanor on the field in practice that makes him a general? Like I said, he's a pro. He comes to work every day. Um, He's not only a vocal leader, but he's a leader by example. And um, I like to follow suit with that. Um, you know, he watches film. He gets extra work in. And <clears throat> you can see he's hungry. You can see that he wants to do better. And you can see he wants to lead this team. And we all have the same goal in mind. I want to talk about your running back teammates as well, just because I want to get Aiden Robbins' words. So when I say, you know, Deion Smith, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Speed. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. Um, great dude. That's my dog, man. I love all them boys. Dion, Falau, Miles, Enoch, Luve, I, everybody in the room, man. I love I love all those guys. LJ, you know, he just got here. But, um, yeah, we got a great room. It's about eight of us right now. All eight of us can go. If you're already giving yourselves a nickname, there's, there's a brotherhood there clearly, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Aiden, let's finish with this. Um, some BYU fans may have seen a certain promo that you were in recently. And uh, Feastbox is a proud sponsor of BYU Sports Nation. Okay, <laughs> but you fumbled the pizza when I asked you about. It, you said I don't fumble. I don't know why they had me do that, but you, they had you do that. Why did they have you do that? I mean, we were all sitting at the table. We were filming um, a piece of the commercial, and you know, Jody comes up. He's like, "All right." Well, when Jody was, you know, one of the cameramen, and they were like, "Oh, um, okay. Well, now we need someone to just trip over an imaginary rock." <laughs> and just drop the pizza, and everyone at the table just goes like this. And I'm looking like, like, what y'all looking at? They were like, oh, come on, Mr. Charisma. And I'm like, okay, all right. So then, you know, I just put my acting skills on. You know, hopefully hopefully with my career, then I can get a couple a couple shots and uh, an opportunity and get some, some acting in. As the kids say, he's got the riz, right? <laughs> I got a little bit of riz. I can't lie. I got, I got something in my pocket. It's on the holster. <laughs> I love it. Aiden, thanks for the time. Sure, great to have you out here at practice. Thank you so much. Oh, what a great personality. He is Mr. Charisma. He's got the riz a little my holster in my here. holster? Oh, what a fan. He did a great job. Yes, that. yes, you did. We, we recorded that, and then we saw when it came out, like you, we are like, oh, that was great. That was, that was great. sold well by him. I'm excited about this room like he is. Yes. Is it the deepest at BYU? No. The that, step show. That would be the, that's fun. I like the Harvey Unga Manasse Tonga Fui Vakapuna group of 07. That's, uh, to me, the deepest running back. Can this ascend to that? That's a lot to ask. Um, no, um, but, <laughs> but I like the room. So Aiden Robbins is clear number one, 1,000-yard rusher at UNLV last year. Two years before that at Louisville, barely played. Deion Smith comes in as Colorado's leading rusher. Didn't have big numbers, but he is a guy who's a senior looking for an opportunity as the change of pace number two guy. Hinkley Ropati and Miles Davis are the backups. Ropati became a screen game all-American type guy, if you will. He burst onto the scene against Boise State and Stanford yes. late in the year. Two great plays, the three great plays in those two games, I, I can think of. Miles Davis had a breakout game, uh, 13 for 131 and a touchdown, 70-yard run against Wyoming. Behind them, L.J. Martin is the number 17 running back in the country that BYU signed after David Shaw resigned at Stanford 
LJ Martin out of El Paso, top 300 ESPN kid. He is the future at the position. Nukaluve Helu, off a mission uh, from Tuila. Inoke Nawahine, Utah yes. State transfer, redshirted last year. Morgan Piper's been a linebacker safety, playing running back, and then Chase Hopkins is in the room as well. That is the group. I think BYU's got five viable guys. Not sure how much PT Martin's going to get. That's a stacked room with experience there. Hello, perhaps in the future. But it, it is a yes. uh, group with experience and talent. I, I like it a lot. But if any of those first four show up in a game in a meaningful rep, I'm not worried. If it's Robbins or Deion Smith or Apati or, you know, Miles Davis, what, they've all played meaningful snaps. So I feel like BYU has the depth that they need. If they, if you guys get nicked up and have to sit out a few games, like yeah. this is, this is where every position needs to be. <laughs> it's not right now, but mm-hmm. this is what they are aiming for. And frankly, Blaine Fowler told us yesterday, you know, and he's dialed into the, the team closely because yeah. his son Gavin is one of the coaches. He feels like the running backs room. He agrees with Aiden, at least in terms of the deepest group on the team this year. I go O line there. Yeah, I, I go O line. I think the O line. He said one A and one awesome. B. One A was the running backs, and then one B was the offensive line. Yeah, different in that you have five guys, right? But if BYU is truly ten deep on the O line, that is greater than say four deep on the at running back. It's a good problem to have, I would imagine. Okay, if your running backs and your, your offensive number, line both have the depth, okay, help out Keaton Slovis. They know both need to be great. Let's go. If you missed any interviews, uh, Deep Blue shows, games, segments, BYSN.com, the free BYU TV app, or where you need to go. Up next, what did Aaron Rodgers say about Zach Wilson? And why does it have BYU fans super excited? What does it mean for the future of former BYU quarterback in New York? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Make sure you follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Threads, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Are we going to say that this week only? Is that what we're doing? X? X? No, X. Formally, formally known, known as, as Twitter? Twitter? No, I think it's forever going to be known as oh. formally Twitter. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. By the way, confirmed, Tom Holman did have pick sixes against Wazoo and Georgia. Not sure if there's no one. Okay. Yeah, I'll least, hit him up. At least two. The show rolls on from Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's roll out today's headlines. You know, football players report to camp today. That includes getting gear, pads, helmets, gloves, cleats, etc. First practice being held tomorrow afternoon. Also, the Maxwell Award watch list was released this morning for best player in the country. BYU's got two players on this list. Whoa. In Keaton Slovis at quarterback and Aiden Robbins at running back. One of 17 teams to have two players listed. Nobody had three though. The NFL is celebrating Back Together Weekend. 21 different BYU players are in different training camps around the league, representing 19 different National Football League teams. In other NFL news, the Green Bay Packers have claimed James Empey off of waivers from the Tennessee Titans, so James Empey's headed to Green Bay. There you go. Ashley Hatt scored two goals, had an assist on Friday night for the Washington Spirit in the NWSL Challenge Cup. She became the second player in Washington history, scored two goals, get an assist in a single game, and it's the second time in NWSL Challenge Cup history that anybody's done. Every time she does something great, I just become more and more bitter that she's not with the World Cup squad. 
Well, they're not subbing anybody in. So ask Lynn Williams how that's going to happen. Ari Mackey Williams, BYU women's basketball in the FIBA three on three tournament for New Zealand. In Edmonton, Canada scored four points, had a couple of rebounds as New Zealand failed to advance out of the knockout rounds, but still very cool that she got to represent her country very in awesome. that competition. That's cool. Big weekend for Cougars in golf. Yeah. Two-year-old former Cougar Zach Blair shot a 60 foul yesterday. Whew. The 3M Open in Minnesota to uh, finish tied for 13th. He regained his PGA Tour yes, Zach. two years after a pair of surgeries on his right shoulder. He's plus 900, by the way, to finish top 20 Sunday. Not bad. Honorary Coug Tony Finau in the same tournament finished seventh at uh, 15 under. Peter Quest shot seven <laughs> under to tie for 50th as well. On the Corn Ferry Tour, former golfer Patrick Fishburne got to OT, oh. took second in the NV5 Invitational, nailed an eagle on 18 to get there. To force the playoff. To force the playoff. And it got dude. to a second hole of a playoff. Oh, man. And BYU golfer Tyson Shelley won the Pacific Coast Amateur, shooting a 62 in the final round. How about the golfers? Man? We're a golf school. It's a golf. We're a golf, school. a golf school. BYU has named Zach Warren as the new men's tennis coach. Warren, former BYU men's tennis player from 2004 to 2006. I think we were in school with him at some we point. We were. BYU men's assistant coach from 2009 to 2012, returns to Provo after working as the associate head coach of the Cal women's tennis program for the past nine seasons. Welcome home to Zach Warren. And Jackson Clough went uh, four for 10, four runs, four RBI over the weekend. Daniel Schneeman also hit a solo homer. More on Schneeman in a month. Those are today's headlines. Let's opinionate a little bit and whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. After Falcons training camp, Tyler Algier signed autographs for everyone except a Utah fan who offered his hat to him, <laughs> but Tyler gave him a fist bump. Was this the right move? Of course it was the right move. I just was impressed at how quickly he recognized what was actually happening? Because it's like chaos. There's a bunch of players. He like, saw the drum and feather. He wasn't he's about like, it. Oh, he's like, no, I, I ain't gonna do it. But as Tyler does, very cordial. Yeah. This was 100% the right move. He like, he was like, nah. And then he was like, this one. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. That's a classy move. You don't have to sign that hat. Let's stay with NFL training camp news. First up, Puka Nakua catching this touchdown pass at Rams training camp. Jeremy, the question is, will Puka Nakua be the most prominent rookie out of BYU this season, or is it someone else in the field? No, it's Puka. He's going to get PT. He's going to get time. Jaron might get a little bit of mop-up duty, but Blake, unless there's maybe? an injury. Yeah, yes, but we won't be able to quantify it very well. What are we going to go to BFF and be like, yes, he's if he's a star, if Blake's a starter then all that's, year, that's the like way. at a tackle spot, that is the way. perhaps. But if Puka uh, you know, has 10 catches, he may be the guy as a rookie. Blake might not be blocking for Jonathan Taylor. That's we'll see how that drama goes. Yeah. Yeah. In Kansas City, Matt Bushman caught a couple of touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. Will Bushman make the Chiefs 53-man roster? No, but he's going to be 100% on the practice squad, and he will be elevated to the 53-man roster at some point this season. Yeah, they, he's not even listed in the top three on multiple depth charts, ESPN, our lads as well. You got Travis Kelsey, of course, but Noah Gray's in his third year. Joe Fortsey's in his third year. Blake Bell's in his ninth year. Kendall Blanton, fourth year. Um, Matt has played two games total, 10 snaps in the NFL with the Raiders in 21. The hope is that he can crack into it eventually. Yes. So that's certainly a busy room. They use the tight end effect. Yeah, he's going to make the, the practice squad. I this think is a good gig on the Super Bowl champs. 100%. You got a ring. 
And I think just with attrition and injuries and whatnot, like at some point he's going to be on an active roster in the season. And who knows, maybe he pulls the Taysom Hill where he has a really nice camp and then someone else picks him up and actually plays. I would love that. Thank Former Coug baseballer Daniel Schneeman, recently on the program, hit a home run. boy, still doing his thing for the Columbus Clippers over the weekend, but that may not have been the highlight of his weekend, Jerem. Maybe it's this picture with David Baker, who is the actor who plays Stanley Hudson from The Office. So what's better, this photo or another home run in Schneeman's career season? Did I stutter? <laughs> no, it's with Stanley. That's great. That's fun. Yeah, and, and Schneeman looks like he's been there before. I love it. That's great. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the photo. It's yeah. just such a unique opportunity. That's awesome. For sure. And I'm happy for Daniel. Like, he's, he's having such, a great such a season. humble, um, unassuming type play. Just head down, go to work, do his thing, and he has elevated himself nice. Life Alley just got an assist coach gig with the softball team, which is awesome here. So, yeah, they're a, they're a, they're a ball-playing family. The power couple. Yep. Up next, the director of football equipment for BYU football. This is a huge day for him. Specifically, he's Josh Hewitt, and he joins us live to preview the gear, some of the other things the players are going to get. This is BYU Sports Nation. Black. Make sure to follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. The show rolls on from Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. It's time for today's headlines. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU held its first practice of fall camp yesterday. Head coach Kalani Sataki liked the energy. I like it. A lot of talent, a lot of depth, good competition. Um, you know, we got a lot of reps in there, and so uh, we'll watch the film. There's a lot of film for us to watch, but I, overall, energy day one's supposed to be like that, but uh, there's, just, there's a, a different feel to the team this year, and I, and I like it. In the portion we could watch, I got more energy vibes from the offense than the defense, which was interesting. Typically, the defense is the one that's a little yeah. less. Yeah. Uh, Keanu Hill, specialist. The team is currently having a walkthrough as we speak. They'll practice this afternoon. Full pads planned for Tuesday. College football award watch list season continues. And yeah! BYU punter Ryan Rico has not surprisingly been named to the Ray Guy Award watch list again. This marks a third straight year. Maybe he'll punt enough to actually, you know, register in the national punter rankings this season. Hopefully not. We, we don't want more punts. We just want good punts when we have to. ESPN's Pete Thamel reports the Pac-12 met with its presidents and chancellors yesterday, presented a primary streaming deal with Apple that is subscription-based with variable income, with perhaps ESPN and Fox supplementing the deal. Uh, meanwhile, the Arizona Board of Regents made their meeting an executive one, going private 40 seconds into the meeting, so no one knows anything. Okay. That pretty much sums it up. BYU women's soccer ranked number 13 okay. in the United Soccer Coaches preseason poll. The Underrated. Cougars currently the second highest ranked Big 12 team behind number nine TCU. Mm -hmm. September 14th, the ninth ranked Horned Frogs visit Southfield and BYU. Other Big 12 teams in the top 25 include 15th ranked Texas and number 24 UCF. The Jets announced Zach Wilson as the starter in the preseason game uh, against the Browns <laughs> tomorrow in the NFL's Hall of Fame preseason game in Canton, Ohio. Hopefully the turf doesn't melt again. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Patrick Fishburne, former BYU men's golfer, this is a golf school, mm -hmm. set the Corn Ferry Tour record. This is unbelievable. 107 straight holes played 
without a bogey. That's amazing. Par or better on 107 straight holes played in essentially AAA of golf. I've done that without getting a bogey. <laughs> yeah, how, <laughs> how many holes have you gone without getting a par? Without getting a par? 107? Luckily I got one uh, last Friday, but uh, we're good. The former Cougars that ranked number 15 on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's amazing. Daniel Schneeman, two for five, two doubles, two RBI last night with the AAA Columbus Clippers. And how about this? Iowa State starting quarterback Hunter Deckers has been accused of betting on Iowa State sports, including a 2021 Iowa State football game when he was the backup, according to Travis Hines and Randy Peterson of the Des Moines Register. Deckers would face permanent loss of eligibility if he's found guilty. He started all 12 games at quarterback for Iowa State last season. This could have significant ramifications on the Cyclones' future and certainly what happens on November 11th against BYU. Those are the headlines. Now let's opinionate in the whip. Cooper Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. At Jets training camp yesterday, Aaron Rodgers had great things to say about Zach Wilson's yes. progress this year and what it means for his NFL future. Uh, he looks confident. His fundamentals, I think, are improving. He's throwing the ball on time because he's got all the other intangibles. He can run, he can move, he can throw on the move, he can throw no-look passes. Um, this will be a good reset for him. And I think he'll look back years from now and be really thankful for, for this time to uh, to grow, to reset, to take a breath, and that's going to set him up for a nice long career in the league. Do you feel the same way about Zach's future? Yes. In fact, the second that Aaron Rodgers was rumored to the New York Jets, we were on the show, and I was like, "This, this is what I hope happens. For, had hoped happen for Zach when he got drafted. That he just had a time to be mentored by somebody great." Unfortunately, he went through some really, really tough growing pains and hit rock bottom in a lot of ways. But yes, I feel like this is such a great scenario for Zach, and I feel like he has a chance at a successful future because of what's happening in New York with Aaron Rodgers right I now. I agree. I think that future won't be with New York. Though. Maybe not. No. But he's got a chance to be a decent to good quarterback in the NFL at some Just point. be a backup for your whole time. That's good. That's good enough. We don't need a starter. We just need a guy with a sustained career quarterback in the NFL from BYU. Yeah. Let's go. Yesterday, roar of Cougars, The Rock. Student section released their new logo and student pass information on social media. What do you make of the new look, Jaron? It looks fine to me. I know there was a lot of backlash about digital lines and whatnot. I don't know what the answer is, but certainly uh, they got a lot of feedback yesterday on the whole process, <laughs> which was uh, crazy, the word usage and so on. So hopefully they can figure it out. All I know is The Rock is awesome. Yes. They can figure out the means of getting the students in there. That's, that's their thing. They do a great job at all the home games. That's what I know. 100%. As it pertains to the new look, I didn't think that people would feel so strongly about a new logo, but they do. Like, I, I saw it and I was like, ah, oh, it's succinct, it's, you know, whatever. It's, I, I kind of do miss the cougar swipe through the lettering. I got Stussy vibes if you're yeah. a child of the 90s. Yes. Which we can all draw, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, a little. <laughs> all right. Let's play a game, shall okay, we? Okay, now it's time for a little game we like to play. We, we love to play this once a year. It's called Human or Bear. What? Yesterday, ABC posted this video from a visitor at a zoo in eastern China after spectators believed this was a human in a bear costume. <laughs> so, is that a human or a bear? <laughs> right now, lie. it looks like a dude in a bear costume. <laughs> and then when it sits down, I'm like, it looks like a bear. that's a bear. What after I, some yes. uh, internet research, it is a real bear. It's called a sun bear. 
But like right there, it looks like a uh, dude in a bear costume. When I first saw it, yes, when it's standing right there on its hind legs, I was like, that's a dude in a costume. <laughs> it's just like a huge, like, bear head and, and we like, would torso be up dead top. If we saw this bear in the wild, we're like, you're a dude in a costume. <laughs> no, that's the sun bear and you're dead. Yeah. Uh, also, the sun bear, when he stands on its hind legs, it's really close to the spectators. Like, I felt like it was really close to the bar. It's so tall. Like, it's like Anchorman. They're like throwing yeah. a ladder down and finding <laughs> yeah. a panda or something. Yeah. Like, it is international. It is in China. I don't know. The parameters and I don't rules know the are rules a little different with over there. Chinese zoos, yeah. I'm surprised they let us show that. Well, China's going to come after that. <laughs> you did not see the bear. It is not a what? human. That was a human. It is a sun bear. bear. Still on the way. Olympian and new women's track and field assistant coach Tiffany Lott Hogan joins the show. Oh yeah, making her house. debut in Studio B on this show to talk, you know, about a track and field school, Jerem, right? BYU's a track and field school well, too. Track and field is this, everything, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk. Your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are it's live in Studio happening. B and we have some breaking news to report. Wow. Pete Thamel of ESPN. Nicole Auerbach of ESPN, Brett McMurphy of the Action Sports Network, all reporting one way or another that, and again, yep. I, and I quote Pete Dammel specifically, the Big Ten is expected to move ahead with formal offer letters for Oregon and Washington. A Big Ten vote is expected to take place later today to formalize their admission, barring any last-minute snags. Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten is now on which means what for the Pac-12 and for Arizona? It means Arizona is going to come to the Big 12. Now Arizona can point at Oregon and Washington and say, hey, you guys were the lot. You did it. You started this, so now we'll go to the Big 12. It's your fault. USC and UCLA started it. Uh, Ryan started the fire, said uh, the office. But, yes, I, I believe that with that move, it is the official demise, and now Arizona comes in, perhaps Arizona State, Utah, and then the Pac-12 needs to – Invite a bunch to survive, perhaps. <sighs> San Diego State and SMU. How many teams could the Pac-12 convince to stay with the current TV deal that they have right now? Well, that TV deal gets blown up, Smith, because oh. that, that was assuming that you had Oregon, Oregon and Washington, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. How do you, so how do you survive is, after that, this? That you rip that TV deal up. How so, do you survive with no Oregon and Washington? Like, those are you the are, two pillars of your conference. Well, they became the pillars. After USC and UCLA Yes, left. you've lost the top four. Um, that's, that's tough. That's really tough. Those are, those are big brands. Those are tremendous additions. So should this officially go down to the Now it's Utah and Arizona State as the two, quote-unquote, biggest brands remaining. Or is, Sta is Stanford considered the biggest brand? They win the most national championships. This is a question I don't actually care about. I, uh, I, that's their problem. Um, but it's a it's a good question. I I don't know. But what this means for the Big Twelve is yeah, you can Arizona. get Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah if you'd like. Like if Oregon and Washington actually goes down as is being reported, then the Big Twelve can get to sixteen. It secures itself as the number three league for sure, and you have the Western domination 
that you've sought. You're still not in California like you've wanted. Yeah. But it, to get to 16, they have to talk to Fox still about that. Like, because ESPN's going to pay its 20 mil worth, but will Fox play, pay its 11.7 mil worth to two additional teams? They have to make sure. I'm sure they've already, well, I'm not sure. I would think they've already talked to Fox about this, like months in advance. In fact, when we had talked to your mark, he had already been talking to Colorado. You can, you can, uh, we, we know that after Yeah, the fact. it's been happening, it had been happening for months. Yes. They've already been talking to Utah and Arizona State, you would think, right? They've already been talking to San Diego State. But and because. So on. Because, Gonzaga, Yukon, flirting. Because Oregon and Washington are leaving, like the desperation becomes next level for teams like Utah and Arizona State and Cal and Stanford. So can you, if you're Brett Yormark, are you like, well, Maybe we don't give you a full cut because you haven't been bought on all in. And I said I didn't you want could to offer that. I didn't want it to be about money. But if you want to, sh- if you sh- you really want to be in our conference, then you'll take the deal that Houston and UCF and BYU and Cincinnati have. How much do you want to be in our conference now? That could happen. If you're desperate, are you willing to do this? That could happen. I could absolutely see that being the play. Like so, yeah, we can get him. We can get we him can cheaper. We can get you at least twenty because we don't know about Fox. Like, Fox hasn't gone back to us or whatever. Wow. This is wild. Wild. Our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, answers this question. If the Pac-12 stays together, doesn't seem like it will, <laughs> do you still want the Big 12 to get a 14th team? And if so, who? Yeah, it's, it, it's blowing up. It's all Oregon and Washington right now. And by the way, that 20 and 11.7 is in regards to the new TV deal. Colorado is getting a full share next year. So yeah. perhaps Utah and Arizona State. Well, Colorado's <laughs> being rewarded for being on the forefront share. and being like, yeah, we're all in. doesn't matter what happens with the Pac-12 in this meeting. We're all in. Like, you were rewarded a full share. <coughs> they deserve that. Thomas Simpson produces our elite voice of the day. He says, all along I've wanted to stop at 14 teams, okay. with Arizona being the 14th team. If the rest of the Pac-8, now Pac-6, Pac want to go live on Streaming Island, that's perfect. <laughs> Streaming Island. (laughs) The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN Conference Expansion, Flaming the Fire. With Pac-12's media deal reportedly on the way, is Arizona on its way out to the Big 12? And what's the one question we want answered by the end of fall camp, which begins today? Oh, yeah, actual football. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And by actual football, I mean kind of actual football. Yeah, we got a minute still. It's practice. We got a month. It's something. Tuesday, August 1st, I am Spencer Linton, and he is a man who is jacked up for kind of actual football, Jerem Jordan. I'm not that jacked up. Because my daughter woke me up and I actually stayed up and watched the USA Women's National Team play from 1 I, to 3 a.m. I apologize that you had I to am, watch that. I, it was a terrible game. You know, terrible. Terrible. It's like awful. I uh, wish Ashley Hatch was out there scoring goals. <sighs> Still but bad. survived and advanced. Okay. Um, but Jackson Bowers is pumped. He is an incoming freshman, ESPN Top 300 guy. Oh, yeah. He took some photos that he released yesterday, and he is pumped. Yep. Uh, which I'm excited about Jackson. Someone uh, asked me this morning on Twitter, hey, we gonna, is, is he going to get some playing time? Heck yeah, man. 
Heck yeah, Jackson Bowers is, is the future number one tight end at BYU. Jackson making a case to be involved in the Haka if and when it ever is performed at BYU. You remember when they used to do that, Bryce Mahuica in uh, 2005, uh -huh. who I went to the same like elementary slash middle school for a second as Bryce in Vancouver, Washington? Yeah, that, that was fun, man. That was cool. That's the required crazy and the tongue waggle, if you will, that I believe you had the intensity. featured in the Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, the culture, the intensity, it was awesome. I man. love it. It was great, dude. And I love today's show. Yeah. It's a fun show. Yeah, we have the latest in expansion conversation ranging from Utah uh, not wanting to follow BYU, apparently. We'll tell you about that. To the Arizona Regents meeting today, to the uh, meeting that apparently happened two hours ago that we know nothing about quite yet uh, mm -hmm. with the TV deal or something from George Klavkov and the Pac-12 uh, with the league presidents and chancellors. Blaine Fowler on that and the start of BYU football fall camp. Goalie Savannah Mason joins us live from soccer practice as the Cougars get set for a spectacular season. They are loaded, by the way. They only lost one starter. And watch list season continues. Which Cougar made an obscure one but was well-deserved? Ooh, I like that. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. But if more teams beyond those two go, it's good night for the Pac-12. It's Pac good night, yeah. BYU, touchdown! Who's into the end zone for BYU? Cody Epps, touchdown BYU. Back the pack? Maybe not. We'll find out. What's Trending presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. Cougar feast! As Jerem just presented, Pac-12 President George Klyavkov is reportedly scheduled to present the Pac-12's current media deal to the school presidents today. That was supposed to be two hours ago, barely. But not a word thus far. Yeah. Not a word on social media. The Arizona Board of Regents scheduled a last-minute meeting for this afternoon, we believe, based on them finding out whatever is in this deal to discuss the future of Arizona athletics. So, Jerem, as you look at all of the social media melee that has come out, and there has been a ton of it from notable and reputable sources, Brett McMurphy, Pete Thamel, Ian Fitzsimmons, among others, what do you expect the outcome to be from all of this Pac-12 debacle when the dust finally settles? I don't expect anyone to make a move today. But, I mean, we could see it in the next week or two, perhaps. It, it just depends. Like, again, if Arizona – and, by the way, this Regent meeting is for Arizona and Arizona State. So it's the two public schools, right? Is what, what do they want to do if the number is not good enough? If the ex, it's not just the number, too. It's the exposure as well. If those two things are not good enough, then what? And Pete Thamel said that Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah – are going to uh, work together in their best interest. Will they want to blow this up? Oh, because man. if one of them leaves, it feels like that could be the end of the Pac-12. They yeah. could they could add two teams, <coughs> excuse me, but they're the they're clearly the fifth best Power Five at this point. So which of these teams is going to be the one to leave and ultimately maybe be the demise of the Pac-12? Yeah, and to your point, and in Thamel's article, and I quote, he says. Sources say Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, the Pac-12's remaining three of the so-called four-corner schools, Colorado's already gone to the Big 12, 
are expected to lump their futures together. Whatever that might be. If will it's they? the Big 12, would they lump together and all move to the Big 12? Would the Big 12 be looking to hit 16 if those three express interest to all collectively move together? Or is it 14? Is it just Arizona and we call it good for now? And well, it's Arizona, like figure out what you want to figure out <coughs> in the Pac-12. Will Arizona pull a Utah and pull away from its rival and go to a different league? Like, w w or will they work together in some way? I don't know how close they are or how close they are not, but it's really interesting. The most interesting thing, however, that came out yesterday was Ian Fitzsimmons saying the following on Twitter. Uh, this was reported by Tim Fitzgerald from Ian Fitzsimmons on, on SiriusXM College Sports Radio. I had one very high-ranking Big 12 official tell me when I brought up Utah as a two-time defending Pac-12 champs. They're okay in hoops, but they sell their football stadium in the top 35 media market. Quote, when it comes to TV dollars, why aren't they going after the Utes? I was told that Utah isn't exactly returning the phone calls. That shocked me, uh, ellipses. I was told that Utah doesn't want to appear to be following their rival in BYU. What? We all know that college athletics can pretty be pretty dang petty. But, I mean, look, we're talking about your future. Pick up the phone. If that's true, <laughs> that adds a layer to the rivalry of, nope, we don't want to be following them. Like, what level of ego is involved here for Utah? I believe that Utah would be the last team to walk out of the Pac-12, given their success recently. They have, they have nothing but uh, good feelings towards the Pac-12, given it's the Power 5 league they've been in, and they've won the league last they're year. They're the they've top dog for the last two years. On the field, they're the top dog. They're not the top dog off it, but they're one of the best right programs overall in the Pac-12. Uh, in football right now, they won the last two. That's because USC has taken a step down. That's because Washington's not been the same. Uh, to Utah's credit, and I say that reluctantly, they have done a nice job of stepping through that open door. I hope one day BYU does that when Texas and Oklahoma leave, and sure. perhaps there's a dearth, and BYU walks through, through that door in the Big 12. But if that's indeed true, that is, that is shocking. Again, it's not about ego at this point. This is about survival, which has that's been the, the message from everybody in the media. Like, okay, we're beyond the whole, you know, in your ivory tower ego scenario. Wait, I thought San Diego State was an upgrade. This is about survival. <laughs> if the deal that is presented today, and again, that reportedly being presented, we, we don't know for sure. We think because we trust reporters across the country. But if that deal is not good enough, then what? Like how, how close does it have to be to be good enough as well? Yeah, if it's 25 mil, but it's on... Apple TV TBS, Plus. TNT, and some combination of uh, CW and Apple TV, then what? Is that good enough? Like, is TBS, TNT good enough to be like, no, 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 that's a big enough linear channel. John Wilner right, of the San Jose Mercury News said yesterday, if the deal that the Pac-12 presents is within 10% either way of what the Big 12 has, so again, two, the Big 12, so two or three mil. 31.7 million. So if it's, you know, anywhere from 28 million to 34 million, he said, why, no one's leaving for a few would, million dollars per year. I wouldn't think so. And how long is the deal, by the way? I doubt it's that long. Maybe it's like, three or four years. It might be very short. Sure. I, I would imagine it's no more than five years. Okay. Like, like three that or four could factor sounds... into teams wanting to leave as well. The Big 12 deal runs through 2031, beginning next year. So that's a seven-year contract. If the Pac-12 gets back, hey, this is a three- to four-year deal, maybe five max, and it's three to four million less than the Big 12. Will it be, though? Is that enough to push 
some of these teams. I, I, I hate to, to, to put a spotlight on what I feel is like pure conjecture right now because there are a couple of Twitter accounts that claim themselves Mostly to be inside sources, right, that are like, oh, it's going to be about $20 million a year. And it's like, I don't How do you know that? I'm not like, putting stock into that until like, I see something from a reputable source. Yeah, no, no, no. We just need to hear it. And, and here's the trouble with um, uh, George Klyovkov this morning. He's, he's got to show his cards in the middle of the game. It's not over. The TV deal's not done. Otherwise, they would have announced it. No, they're just like, we want to see the progress. He's like, got what's, to what's show his cards and be like, I'm acting like I have a full house, but I don't. Dude. This is the have, status. Yeah, I have two of a kind. I'm going for four of a kind. But, uh. he, he's waiting for the winner in the river to get flipped over in hopes that it salvages something. Dive in that river, right? bro. Yeah. Like, he, he, he needs salvation in the river. Uh, you know, Which speaking is luck. to uh, my card player fans, but Jason Shearer—they're big in this audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, hey, for Jolly Ranchers and other things. Like 50 yeah, years ago, absolutely. we would have lost our jobs for that reference. Okay, Jason Shear is a guy who is um, in the Arizona market primarily, yeah. and he said people are about to go crazy, so I'm just going to get this out of the way. He pointed out the Arizona Board of Regents meeting scheduled for tomorrow. It was this not from scheduled previously. There is no clear agenda for it as of now, well, and I, I don't know what it is regarding yet. Well, that's the that's the problem. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Obviously, the agenda is what do we do after we see something yes. from George Klaus? I mean, con- context clues would lead us that way. Context clues. Will someone decide to blow it up? Like, like if Arizona and Arizona State leave, that is, that is the demise. That is the end. Like, if, two, if one leaves, I think they're okay. If two leave, I think they're in real trouble. I think they're in real trouble. And, and the whole Oregon-Washington What of Oregon and Washington after this? It's still funny to me because if the Pac... Big Ten really wanted them. Why wouldn't they invite them? You can always say you're coming in two years. That's what USC and UCLA got. That's what initially Oklahoma and Texas got. Like, why couldn't they do that? Because they don't want them yet. They don't want them. Otherwise, they do it. Your actions tell me what you actually feel. Or maybe they don't want them at the price that Oregon and Washington are asking for right now. What if Oregon and, and Washington and are like saying, hey, we'll go at a discount? Yeah. What if they say, we'll, we'll go only 50 mil instead of 70? We will join at a discount. Then maybe does the Big Ten alter their position? Like, okay, you'll come in at a discount? And, yeah. And those guys in. will be just fine. Like, UW, UW and Oregon have a massive brand. Oregon is Nike. Oregon is Phil Knight. Like, they'll be fine no matter what. And UW will hitch their horse there, and they've got a great tradition of excellence as well. They're just fine. It's the Oregon States yes. and the Washington States and the the Cal and the Stanfords that are in trouble. Honestly, if, if I am Oregon and Washington in, in this scenario and you're looking for stability and the deal comes back and it's, you know, tw- let's say it's 20 or 25 million, it's significantly lower than the Big 12 deal and it's not as, no, as many years and there's going to be no it's like... It's not on Fox, yeah. ESPN, or CBS. And the Big 12 is like, hey, come on over for a few years. But they're like, well, we want to join the Big 10 eventually. Uh, if I'm the Big 12, I'm trying to broker a deal where it's like, okay, we'll join our conference. We'll be your Airbnb for three years while your home in the build Big Ten gets built. I would, my, my feeling there is that your mark would be like, nah. Well, with the big fat buyout. Where it's like, hey, if, if the invite from the Big Ten comes. I think he wants commitment or nothing. Like, I don't feels think he that wants way. semi-commitment. It feels yeah. that way, but who knows? I mean, if it's like, you need a home, we will provide that for you. If you get the invite to the Big Ten and you leave us, then you give us $50 million. <sighs> Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of hubris of, nah, if you're going to come here, you come here. Like, and, uh, yeah, you're lo- they'd be locked in until 31, like, unless they negotiated. Well, that's why I said they can negotiate a buyout. But I don't, yeah, everything can end. Yeah, exactly. But literally, <laughs> no, every, you sign up. It's a contract. No, that's, you can get out of 
You can get out of town. You can get out of town. Pretty much everything. everything. Okay, topic two. Brett McMurphy, by the way, just posted simply the eyeballs emoji, right? Last night. Last night. That pretty much said it all. Like, ooh, yeah. you know. Boney proposed a different one, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the number one question you want answered in BYU football training camp? Okay, there are two that I have settled on. Um, this whole Big 12, <laughs> Pac-12 thing has, like, dominated my mind. So, in this show. So I'm, like, trying to push, like, trying really hard to push pause on that. Why? Just, <laughs> it's so then, fun. And then dive into BYU football and just, like, put all my efforts into this. But there are two questions that I have settled on. Number one, we've heard so much about Jay Hill and aggression and let the big dogs eat. And it's going to be way more blitz-heavy. Sports. Yes. Classic football cliches. Get after it. Yes. We've heard so much about the aggressive nature of the defense and how it's going to be very, very different than what last year and years previous have looked like. How much will we actually see of that? Will they actually show us anything to present to the media in these brief viewing windows that the defense does look a little bit different. We have 15 minutes today and Friday. All I heard, and, and this comes from the BYU offense, from Keaton Slovis and Cody Epps and guys in, yeah. in player-run practices and in spring ball, is the defense kicked our butts a lot, like on the regular, because it was new. Like we weren't used to this BYU well, defense. Well, to Keaton, it's all new. Yeah, so... There was some frustration, too, yeah. specifically for Keaton, where it's like, oh, my gosh, like this, they're kicking my butt. Jay Hill said, this is going to be good for you because we're getting you ready. We are preparing you for things that you could see in the fall. It's going to be some good deal. And yeah. so, but that's just all we're going off of hearsay from the players and coaches. That's all it is until September 2nd. Will we see yeah. anything? Like, will there be like a noticeable change? Like, oh, wow, they, it really is more aggressive. The front is clearly you know, getting after it a little bit more than the classic drop eight and, you know, make the quarterback throw check downs, until, hold yeah, blocks. Yeah. Yes, block eaters. Don't, don't get after the quarterback, just hold your block. How much will we see of the new defense to signify that, yes, it actually does look new? And then number two, who in the world is going to be the BYU kicker? Yeah, I, I put out some information this morning. There's four dudes. Justin Smith, by the way, I was told medically retired. He's gone into retirement. So uh, it's four new dudes. Um, None of which have kicked uh, a field goal ever in college. None have attempted a but field goal at, at the collegiate level. Your boy Jake Oldroyd had not either going into 2016 and turned out to be uh, really good at the start of that year, especially in the Arizona game, and had a really nice career at BYU. So uh, it, Landon Rico's one of them. That's Ryan's brother, yeah. Will Farron from Boise State. Uh, Who was a kickoff guy primarily, yes. but, but not a field goal kicker. Correct. They had a good field goal kicker. They, they didn't need him. As I scroll to my own tweet. <laughs> yeah, okay. So then there's uh, Matthias Dunn, freshman from Wasatch, Heber, Utah, and then Jordan Capisi, a freshman from Honolulu. Those are your four kids. Yeah, Matthias Dunn, the coaches are really big on his big leg. They, they, they feel like he has, like, the power leg. I want someone to be like, oh, this guy's amazing, but he has a skinny leg. It's I, a, it's a You know what I want? Leg. I want somebody to be automatic from 40 yards in. That's what I want. Spence, we need someone that can make a 53-yarder. I know. At Oklahoma State. I know. To win a game. But if you can L- go. Like, you make a field goal in the third quarter, and that gives you a 10-point lead. Like, for BYU to take the next step, they need that guy. I, I fear that if you don't have a good kicker, we'll see who it is. We don't know. That if you don't have a good one, that you lose a game or two. That you would have won that maybe gets you a bowl eligible. That's, that's the fear there. The unknown is uh, more scary than the known, of course. But... Yeah, uh, sure. BYU has brought in four guys they feel like are going to compete, and 
one of these guys is going to be the guy. With guys Maybe that don't two. have any experience, I'll take, okay, he's automatic 40 yards in. He's about 50% between 40 and 50. Fine. Okay, I would, that's, for a guy who has not attempted a field goal in a game, if that turns out to be the scenario, sign me up. Yeah. I it'll, am on, uh, I it'll, am on it'll change quickly that. because in game one, I would imagine he would kick a field goal in a game. <laughs> and then that's over. 40, 40 yards in, automatic. <sighs> yeah, in college, nothing's automatic, right? Yeah. A lot of college kickers can't make consistently a field goal between 30 and 39 yards. Like, the numbers are not good. They do not favor college kickers. I'd like to feel confident about a 45-yarder. And, and if Justin, I'm with you. If Justin I'm Smith was healthy and available, I'd be like, okay, up to 45. Let's do it. Let's pretty do good. it. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What are your burning questions? Oh, what's yeah. your number one question? Okay, re- real camp? quick. One is the what's the Pac-12 TV deal? <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one question. Get it out of the way. Yeah. And then number two is everyone healthy? Like, I, honestly, there's not a lot we can learn or have answered that is definitive um, in fall camp. A lot of that is revealed in the season. We're not going to be able to see the means. We will tell you what we're hearing and seeing and whatnot throughout fall camp, of course. Yeah. We talked to Blaine Fowler in a sec, who's very connected, of course. But, yeah, is everyone healthy? That's the number one goal and, and like, thing I want to know at the sure. end of fall camp. Like, there are a bunch Lewis, of guys. Aiden Robbins have to be healthy. Like, Eddie Heckard, Malik Moore, Michael Harper, Ben By- These guys have to be healthy at a fall camp. Well, and guys coming off of injuries and surgeries, for that Max matter. Max Tooley, we talked to yes. yesterday. That uh, shoulder's got to be Bywater. healthy. Ben Bywater fully healthy? Is Max Tooley fully healthy? Yeah. Malik Moore, does he look fully healthy? I know he's had a full offseason to work through his injuries, but is he okay? Is Cody Epps truly healthy? He says he is. We haven't seen him. Like, is everyone healthy? It's a great question. All right. Our question of the day to all of you is this. Centering back on what has been percolating and burning through social media. It will for a while, dude. Do you want the Pac-12 straight up to survive? Do you want the Pac-12 to survive? At the Brig 12 on Twitter says, best case scenario is the Pac survives the loss of both Arizonas to the Big 12. Utah stays behind to soon be stranded <laughs> when Oregon Washington leaves and the Big 12 adds UConn as a 16th team instead. It's a nice balance of weakening the Pac, expanding markets, and hating Utah. <laughs> Well then, uh, it's so Ma- petty and vindictive. Michael Lev, who's a uh, columnist for the Arizona Daily Star, says uh, Fish, the head coach of Arizona, had a Zoom with all players and parents regarding Pac-12 versus Big 12. Told them something will happen soon. Arizona is wanted and will end up with a good deal in a great spot. Mm. So there you go. Okay. After further review, rolls out the annual touchdown show tonight, seven Eastern, on the BYU TV app. As Dave Blaine and David break it down, every touchdown from last season. Up next. Blaine Fowler joins us in the Cougar Council Room to give us his thoughts on the expansion news. Does he think the Big 12 is going to stay at 14 or go to 16? And what's the one question he absolutely wants answered during fall camp? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. BYOB with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now is a longtime friend of the program. He's a national champion and a dual-threat analyst Wait, to rival any Amazing. across the country. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, is back from a trip to Barcelona, no less. You were just in Barcelona yeah. like a day ago. Yeah. Welcome back. It, it, it's funny. Like, I don't know that we play on our Olympics as much as they do. Like, People would say, we, we hosted the Olympics here in 92. And, and we go, oh, 
Yeah, we had an Olympic Games too. We don't think to lead with that, but they still huh. they still hang their hat on that, which is really cool. What yeah. a beautiful city. Amazing. If you haven't been to Barcelona, man, I would just highly recommend it. So much culture. It's a beach city. We had a great time. It's our... Brendan and I always do a one-week getaway right before this week, mm-hmm. before football starts and life changes for us, and we don't have a weekend until March. So we have to do something <laughs> so that she and I can connect for a week and then just hold on to that for, yes. for the months that bring football and basketball season. So that was our break. Hey, what a great time to do it. And uh, the Olympics that produced the dream team for United States basketball. And, and they stayed in the Hotel Arts right on the beach. And right behind that is the Olympic Village. And they were telling us, one of the guys, guides that we had on a bike tour was like, yeah, this is where the Dream Team stayed. And I goes, this is where all the athletes stayed? He goes, oh, no. <laughs> Just the Dream Team stayed here. Everybody else stayed in that Olympic Village right behind there. But Michael and the group, they stayed right here. That's funny. Well, so. my, Michael would uh, venture off to Monaco to, uh, yes, to yeah, gamble yes, and come back. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're talking, uh, obviously, fall camp. But let's talk about the elephant in the room is the Pac-12 and the Big yeah. 12 and everything. Did you have the internet in Barcelona? To oh, yeah. Stay yeah. Following all that? How do you not follow it? <laughs> like, people over there weren't following it, but certainly we were following it while we were there, mostly through Twitter. When you're over there, that's how you keep up on news. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting to me. And I know we're going to hear some things in the next couple of days. Um, And I heard you guys just now as I was listening to the end of that last segment talking about it's interesting from a fan perspective. Nobody wants Utah. They want Utah like damaged by this, right? Um, I think it'd be great to have Utah in the conference. And to think that Utah's not having conversations is naive. Like they're, they're talking to Colorado about what they did before they did it. They're, they're weighing all of their options to see what's viable and what's left. And I think what Colorado probably did is said, hey, this musical chairs game, we're not the most attractive team in the Pac-12, and we've got a chair that's open for us right now, and the music hasn't even stopped. So let's take the sure thing and sit in the chair right now, because when the music stops and we get this deal and it's not as what we hoped it would be, there might not be any chairs for us. So let's take it. But I do feel like it was the first domino that fell. So others are going, oh, man, like now there's one less chair. So what do we do here? Um, So I think there'll be at least one more team from the pack that'll go before this is said and done and maybe three more. We're going to see. Who do you think the one would be? Arizona? I think Arizona is the most likely because they've been having conversations along with Colorado. And, And the Big 12 values good basketball. Let's face it. It's the top basketball league in America. And and Arizona has facilities and some history in football where they could could upgrade and get good, but they're they're a national basketball program that could compete right now in that league. So they make a lot of sense. The ingenuity and the gamesmanship of Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark to just float out August 1st as the date that he wants to, you know, make the decision by is just it's a subtle play, but it is really, really big time. Because now you're forcing the hand of the Pac-12 to be like, we, we got to see what the deal is. You know, they need George Klyovkov to present to them the numbers because there's, again, there's that last spot, we think. Hey, we got room for one more. Who, At who, least one. Who's, yeah. who's going to be it? Yeah. Um, so for him to do that and kind of put it on a timetable, it's just, it's just all this fascinates me. And, you know, while you said, like, Utah's – I'm sure doing the research. I mean, we, there we was, heard there yesterday there was a report that said that they're slow to answer the phone. But they, yeah, I saw that same same report. Do, do you believe they're talking to people, or do you know that? No, I think that they're talking okay. to people. Yeah, I believe they are. I, I have a little bit of news. It'd be really naive of them to not yeah. at least field the phone. No, call. they're talking right. to people. They just, 
I think that their primary hope is that this deal is something good and they can stay where they are. They feel like it's a good fit. Um, and, and that's all fine. Um, but I don't think they've not been answering the phone. I think that they're pursuing and balancing all things. And I don't, you know, I don't think that they felt like they had to be in a share before the music stopped. Yeah. Right. But I do think that Colorado did. I think but now did. that they did that, it makes it a little more desperate. And your yeah. mark's not only been brilliant with this whole management of this and the, and the, and the, the way it all looks. But from the very beginning, it was like, hey, let's go get an extension on the deal right now. Let's go. Let's not wait around for everybody else to see what's left over. He's been ahead of the curve since the day he stepped in to that role. And, you know, we had him not sh not very long after on our Countdown to Kickoff game day show, right? Um, and he sat down with us, and we visited with him off air. And when he walked away, we just all looked at each other and said, okay, this guy's a visionary. He gets it. He's not going to sit around and wait for things to happen and then try to pick up the pieces. He's going to be proactive and not reactive, and it's – it has shown up in a big way. The Big 12's in the best spot it's been in in years. Okay, well, fall camp. What's the uh, burning question you want answered by the end of fall camp? Can Keaton Slovis be the Keaton Slovis that played his first two years at USC? Can he get that confidence back and that mojo back, understand this offense well enough to get the ball out on time and make good decisions and be a leader? The, what we've heard all summer long um, and through spring ball was, this dude gets it. He's a phenomenal leader. Everybody loves him on this team. He's come in and hasn't acted big time. He's like fit right in. Um, he's picked up the offense quickly. Here's what we know as, as a sure thing. He can make every throw in the playbook. Every throw in the playbook. Physically, he's gifted. He has an NFL skill set. But remember, we said that about Zach Wilson his sophomore year. And I kept saying, now if Zach can start to get the ball out on time and make better decisions... He can be big time, and he made such progression, and then, be, and then his junior year, he was ridiculous, right? So Keaton was somewhat ridiculous his first couple of years in that offense. I think he fits really well. If he can grasp this and, and find the right receivers, get, make great pre-snaps reads and get the ball, I know he can make all the throws and physically can play that position. If he can do that and prove that by the end of fall camp, hey, let's face it, it's the most important position in any team sport Period. I don't care what sport it is. It is the most important team sport individual position. You, to be good, you have to be good there. So he has to be good, and that's what I'm watching. Amen. Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, if it's not the quarterback position, which position group do you feel the most confident in heading into 2023 BYU training camp? Kind of 1A, 1B. I, probably 1A, the offensive line. And people aren't really talking that much about it, but you got five guys that are going to start that have started a ton of football games and a bunch of P5 football games. Three of those starters will have started a bunch of P5 football games over their career, right? That This offensive line is better than they were last year. How am I saying that? Yeah, Blake Freeland... Are you saying drafted. and the Barrington brothers? Quality? What, are you, what exactly are you They're saying? better. They have more talent. They're bigger and more physical, and they're deeper. Mm. than last year. And that was how can I even – guys, how can I, I don't be know. saying that? I don't, I don't know. know. How can you the, say that? It was the number one rated pass blocking team in the country, PFF, mm -hmm. and 12th in the run block. Yeah. That, Have you, you, you saw these guys. You went and watched. Edian is – he is a monster of a human being and has good technique and, and, and long arms. Kingsley's a year older and better. Um, Pay is a phenomenal talent and a year older and better. Lapawahu, you go watch him on film. He's a monster. 
Paul Miley. And, and Miley has started a ton of games. He's a leader. Technique is great. Big, strong, physical. I think this line is going to be more physical. And so then I say 1A, 1B would be they are so deep at running back right now. And last year we were really concerned. Can they get a third and one? Last year in 10 was third and one. I got a knot in my stomach, yeah. right? This year I'm like third and one? Nobody should stop this team in the Big 12 on third and one. They should be able to line up kind of like when they had Tyler and not because they have a Tyler because that's a really, really special, special player, right? But um, they got enough good running backs behind that line that I feel like can just knock people off the ball. I feel like third and one should almost be a given this yeah. year, and that changes your offense. If you can stay on the field longer, um, it changes the game. And so 1A for me is I'm really confident in that offensive line, and 1B is um, you know, Deion Smith, Aiden Robbins, Deion Smith, Miles Davis is back and healthy. Hinkley Ropati is back. You get the brand-new freshman um, coming right out of, uh, of Texas. That, and LJ that people are confident about. But, but as you look at that group that's up on the screen right now, has BYU been that deep at running back? You had Tyler Algier, you had a Jamal Williams, but you kind of had them, not this kind of depth at the running hope, back. The hope is you can pull off a Harvey Unge, uh, Unga, Fuiva Kapuna, Manate, yes. Tonga kind of group and, and where it doesn't matter who gets the ball, but Harvey's the horse, obviously. Think about how good BYU was in their ability to run the ball when they had exactly what you just described. When they had Everything those three guys. Possible. It's like third and two? They're getting this. Like They will move the chains here. Because you've got to load up the box to defend the run game when you have those kinds of players on the offensive line and, and at running back. And then you load up the box, and then Aaron can be crafty with his play calling, and sometimes you play action. Play action's great on third and two and third and three when you have a run threat. When yes, you, screen to Hinkley. When, when, people, yeah. when people say, which I felt was at times last year, oh, third and three? I think we can play our base D right here, and we can, we can stop them for less than three yards if they run it against our base D. If you want... But, so now we can play pass defense, but but if this year on third and three, we better put an extra player in the box because we will not stop them for less for three running unless we load it up. And so now now what if they play action? Now that's a problem. I think they're in a better position to manage that. If you had been better on third and and, and short and fourth you, and short for that matter, historically right. bad. BDCU and Notre Dame. Absolutely, you win ten games. Yep, and it's as good of a team as we were hoping. It's for. such it's that such was an, a struggle. It's such an important down. Keeping the chains moving and sustaining drives is, is unbelievably important for both sides of the ball. Gives your defense, even if you end up punting and you get one more first down every time you're on the field, your defense gets more rest, they have more time to play, and your defense plays better. And so that was a problem last year. Remember, injuries cost them problems. They just weren't as deep. You're replacing an NFL rookie that ran for 1,000 yards. It's they're in so much better shape at running back this year than they were last year. Okay, now on the opposite side, and I think I know how you're going to answer this because it's kind of been the same answer since spring ball, but what's the group that has you pausing the most, that you have the most questions about, that, that you really are a little unsure about? Yeah, you and I have, to, you and I have talked about it. We've talked about it on the air and off the air. Um, I'm concerned about the safeties, just like mm. who's going to be the – like what's going to be the group? Like they have three that have played a lot. And I don't even know if they know right now on day two. Yesterday was just meetings. Today's the first day out on the field. So they're in, they're in shorts and T-shirts um, today and tomorrow. Then they're in shells the rest of the week. And they finally get pads on next week. Right now, I don't think this coaching staff knows who's our starting two guys and then who's that third guy that rotates in. And they certainly not, aren't comfortable with four. Not Micah Harper, Malik Moore, Talon oh, Alfrey? Talon Alfrey played. It's, it's those three. But do you start 
Are you confident enough in talent at free, or do you need to move him mid strong where he's more comfortable? And does that mean, and is Malik back healthy enough and have the right mindset that he can be the guy every down at free, and can he be physical enough in this defense? Or do you need to move Micah to free and play him at free and play talent at strong? Or is Malik back enough and going to be physical enough that you can play him at free and pay Micah at strong and have talent rotate at both? Um, Malik can't play strong, so he's limited to free. Okay. So these are all questions in my head where I'm going – of all the position groups on the field, I'm the most unsettled. Now, I like those three guys, right? I feel like it's not a position where they can have a bunch of um, injuries. I feel like Raider DeMooney's coming in as a freshman. He may be a freshman that plays. He's really skilled. Um, but that's a big learning curve sure, as a freshman, sure. right? Yeah. Especially if you're in the back end at free, right? Strong's a little easier to play. And so, yeah, that's the position group. I love the corners. I love the depth at corner. I love the depth at backer. I love the starting three backers. And I actually like the D-line more than most people would think because okay. I think some of the guys that are coming back are in a better position in the type of technique they're going to play this year. Like Caden Hawes and Nisa Mahe, their skill set and size fits this defense really well. And so all of a sudden now they're really depth. You add Cravens and Bagnut and these guys, and, and Batty's bigger and more of a beast this year. I, I feel like I feel really good about every other level of that defense. The back end, I need some questions answered. What are they going to start? Who are they going to be? How are they going to go? Um, that's my big question, not just on the defense, on the entire team. Great stuff with Blaine Fowler. Thanks for the time, Blaine. Got it. Glad to be here. Come it's, in with it's an time. opinion next time. It's time. <laughs> Come on. He's rested and ready. Yeah, let's go. Okay, if you missed any interviews, uh, shows, games, you want to watch after further review tonight, uh, last week's show, download the free BYU TV app or go to BYUSN.com. Coming up, Oregon head coach Dan Lanning was not so subtle at taking a shot at Colorado. So do his comments maybe rule out Oregon as a potential Big 12 joinee? This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We're live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. It's now time to welcome in another Olympian. You know, just a 10-time All-American. regular Wednesday here on Whatever. BYU Sports Nation. Three-time NCAA national champion. Uh, she is Tiffany Hogan. And One of the greatest athletes ever at BYU. Amen. New Welcome assistant to coach to BYU yeah. Women's Track and Field. Your resume is impressive. Thanks. What else you got for us, Tiffany? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little embarrassed. I am not matching you guys. Oh, it's all good. You didn't get the memo on the shirt? I did shirt? not get the memo. It's kind of a weird look. but yeah, We never talk about what we're going to wear, and so we actually made fun of ourselves at the top of the show because we don't plan this. You've got Royal. we got Navy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's part we're of BYU. You did, you did your job. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU. Thanks. Um, obviously, your, your great career at BYU. You're, you were at BYU for a couple years after that. Yeah. You've been all over the place. Weber State notably the last nine years. Yeah. So when did you and Jay Hill talk about coming down to BYU? <laughs> We did not, but I, I do love the relationship I had with Jay while he was at Weaver State. He, uh, he allowed me to coach some of his, his guys to be fast sprinters for us. Nice. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, I shared some of so his So you men. aided the Weaver State Ascension in football. <laughs> yeah, that, I'd like to think so. Kalani Satake cool. is on line one right now, all right, Tiffany, all right, all right. Uh, as is Jay. They're ready to discuss. So, okay. so Camden Garrett and uh, Eddie Heckard. Did you work with those guys? Actually, no, I did no? not. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But a couple of fast dudes. Yeah, fast I did. As yeah, well. Some yeah. sprinters that made their way down to BYU. 
Um, you're back at your alma mater. I mean, you ran track at BYU from 1994 to 1998. What does it mean to you to have this thing come full circle now as a coach at BYU? I think it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, when I got the job at Weaver, I joke that at least I won't coach anybody to break my records. But <laughs> that is my goal, is to coach people to break my records. Um, you know, I had such a tremendous experience while I was here. Um, I was coached by the great uh, Craig Poole, yeah. who was the Olympic coach when I went in 2004. And so um, a great mentor. He tutored me in a lot of what I know. And so to be able to take that and implement it uh, with the new era that we have in moving into the Big 12, I am super excited to, to take athletes to that next level. What is the challenge of being in the Big 12 in track and field? Because obviously uh, Texas, a member of the Big 12, hosted. Yeah. Yeah. I was down there for you know, a couple hours. At the, it, was, it was a big scene. It was awesome. Yeah. And BYU represents well. Like, BYU has become this incredible cross-country track program. Mm -hmm. And now they're in the Big 12. And now they've got you. And now it's this new era. What, what is it like to be a part of that? Which feels like... BYU's had a great program for a long time. Yeah. It feels like this is maybe the best BYU's ever been in this space. Uh, well, I think it's, it's a great uh, transition for me coming in and moving into this. Uh, they went from not having a conference championship to now going in and having an indoor and outdoor championship, where now yeah. we're, we become a little bit more unified team because track and field is can be very segregated. You've got your distance team, you've got your throws group, you've got your sprints group, and, and my group is it's kind of own, its own little group. And, and now we're going to be a more unified group cheering for each other even more so because every point counts when we come to conference and it's not just about getting those national qualifiers which of course we really really want those um, and getting national championships and all americans and all that but now to get all conference titles and mm. that kind of stuff because those are the, those are, some of our athletes maybe aren't going to move on to the national championships or even to the olympics but to get that, that level down, which is not really much of a level down because to get into that level, you're still got to be incredibly talented. Now trust me, we're all in on conference <laughs> context with you. We are excited about yes. uh, football being in that. And for those who don't know, outdoor track and BYU has been independent. Yes. But indoor was in the MPSF, which is the same league as men's volleyball. Yes. MPSF is basically like, are you in the West and don't have a league? We will, we will gather There's you. There's a place for you. They had, they had Pac-12 teams in some sports, yeah. Yeah. Tiffany Hogan is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, as you work with that Stone and so many others in the track and field program, what specific responsibilities will you hold and, and how will your role be, I guess, specified when it comes to how you coach these athletes? Well, the event group that I'm over is the, the multis, which is considered the heptathletes, decathletes, and any of the jumpers. So pole vault, high jump, long jump, triple jump. And then just managing um, all of the... The, the things that they need to implement uh, with the multis, they have, the men have 10 events to train for. So they're throwing, uh, oh. throwing things, vaulting, jumping, going over hurdles, sprinting, and the women are doing most of all the same without the vaulting. Um, and then I'm also over the pole vaulters and, and we have a, another coach that's assisting me with that, Rick mm. McWhorter. Um, and so I'll be implementing all of their strength and their speed and their, that kind of thing to make them make them better athletes so when Rick, they get on the runway they can do rick and zach they need, rick's right? kid zach was unbelievable yep. um and he's still unbelievable which is uh, super exciting what what's your uh what are you looking forward to the most about this new challenge um i think it's being able to work in an environment that is more closer to the culture i was raised in um having higher ethics and, and knowing that um, working with high achieving people because that's what BYU draws in, is the, those athletes that really want to be the best. Not that the previous program I was at didn't want that, but the athletes here are 
uh, very high-minded in, in what they want to achieve and are willing to make the sacrifice to get there. Okay, out of all the records that you set and still hold at BYU, yes. which is going to be the toughest, do you think, for one of your athletes to break? Probably my 55-meter hur hurdle world record because... We don't really run that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not because it was hard, but not because it's <laughs> So there's only a few facilities that really run the 55-meter hurdles. Okay. Now everybody runs the 60s. That's yeah, going to be tough. So it's a little harder to, to try to break that. So that way, Like anyone can go and see these records, by the way. Yeah. They're on the track. They're in the indoor. They're up there. What's it like to still see your name up there? Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty fun. And it's fun to bring my kids and say, hey, that's, that's mom. Do yeah, they realize, I did that. Do they realize how good you were? Do they have any sense? I don't, I don't know. I think they do, but not to the sense that I know how cool I was. You're like, hey, <laughs> mom was pretty awesome back in the day. Yeah. Um, wait, where is this program compared to where um, it was when you were here, in your opinion? Uh, I feel like um, it may be just a touch behind as far as some of the sprints and things like that, but I, it's nothing to do with the coaches. It's just trying to draw the athletes back into Provo and mm. and get that elevation again. Does the Big 12 aid in that? I think so. I think, I think it will. Recruiting? I think it will. Because, yeah, we've talked most – there's some good sprinters on the team. Um, but you're right, getting to yes. that point where, yeah, there's a 55-meter hurdle world record. Yeah. Like, yes. distance uh, has been the strength here. But, yeah, now we can get into yeah, other spaces. Let's here. take the sprinters to the next level, yes. right? Let's, yes. get, let's get it back to where you were. Yeah. Okay. There have been some throwers as national champs yes. and so on and so forth, but mainly we're like, steeplechase is a thing, right? 5K, 10K. Yes, there are a lot of events to go into. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of events in track and field. Yeah. Coach, it's great to have you back Thank uh, you for having in me. Provo. Thanks for hanging out with us in Studio B. Yeah, welcome back. Thank you. Good we, it's always a good day when we have an Olympian on the show. We, we right. like that. You we know, like that. Not to mention yeah. the three-time uh, you know, national champion, so... Basically, if you don't hit that criteria, we don't even consider you <laughs> at this point. It's a very high standard. There's so many Olympians, it's, a it's just very high yeah, standard. Exactly. All right, up next, more from your takeaways after day one of BYU football training camp. What stuck out to you is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24 7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Boys got that swag yesterday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, yep. YouTube, TikTok, and Fred. Welcome back to Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Let's roll out today's headlines. So first day of football practice for the Cougars this afternoon. They'll go in full pads and practice five full reports, conversations, interviews coming up after practice tonight and throughout the program, throughout fall camp. Can't wait. Some more college football news as it regards to the preseason all Big 12 teams. First team offense, Kingsley Suamata'ia. Second team offense, Aiden Robbins and Isaac Rex. On the second team defense are Ben Bywater and Tyler Batty. Third team offense feature Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, and Connor Pay. Third team defense represented by Jacob Robinson. Honorable mentions on the defense side go to Eddie Heckard and Max Tooley. And second team special teams, Hobbs Nyberg as a returner. Suamata'ia was also named a preseason honorable mention All-American by College Football News. Speaking of Kingsley Suamatia, it was named for the Outland Trophy watch list awarded to the best interior lineman in college football. And Austin Riggs is named to the Patrick Manley Award watch list for the best long snapper in the country. He's been a three-year starter when healthy. 
BYU women's soccer currently holding their first official practice of the new season today. We'll speak with goalie Savannah Mason in just a few minutes. Give you a live look into that practice. The NSCAA has the Cougars preseason ranking at number 16. Okay. The blue and white scrimmage set for this Saturday, August 5th. Honestly, I think they should be higher. BYU men's basketball held its first summer practice yesterday. They're getting ready to take a trip to Croatia and Italy later in the month. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Three Cougar golfers, because you know, as we mentioned yesterday, BYU is a golf school. Yes, it is. Carson Lundell, Zach Jones, and Tyson Shelley all advanced to the Corn Ferry Utah Championship. Lundell finishing second at seven under. Jones and Shelley finished tied for sixth at five under in qualifying. Championship will be held from August 3rd to the 6th at Oak Ridge Country Club in Farmington, Utah. Have you played that one? I have played Oak Ridge. Of course you have. Nice Davis, Davis Kim. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Women's golf signs uh, Lily McCauley from Washington State with three years of eligibility. She averaged a 78.8. Uh, her freshman year at Wazoo. And in case you missed it, conference expansion news continues to roll out over the last 24 hours. Pac-12 President George Klyavkov is reportedly scheduled to present the Pac-12's media deal to school presidents in the Pac-12 this morning. Nothing has leaked yet. The Arizona Board of Regents scheduled a last-minute meeting for this afternoon. The Board of Regents oversee, by the way, both Arizona and Arizona State. Pete Thamel suggesting that Arizona, ASU, and Utah are expected to group together, to clump their decision together, whether that's stay in the Pac-12 or go to the Big 12. We shall see. Those are today's headlines. As a reminder, presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. Now, we opinionate in the Cougar Whip Around. Presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Dan Lanning, the head coach at Oregon, took a shot at Colorado in a press conference when asked about the buff departure of the Big 12 by saying, I'm trying to remember what they won to affect this conference. <laughs> Does this take Oregon out of the running to join the Big 12? No. And it, frankly, it's fair. Like, they did nothing, relatively nothing in football. But Colorado's good in other sports. Uh, but as it pertains to football, yeah, Dan Lanning has every right to say that. Um, he's probably mad that they've caused this confusion. Sure. But it doesn't take Oregon out of the running. Everything is possible right now. Literally anything is possible. Although, I, I, don't, I don't see Oregon in the Big 12 soon. It's not going to be a quick decision, that is for sure. Nickelodeon, by the way, will have its first alternate telecast, speaking of potential TV partners, Jerem, of the Super Bowl this season, with the broadcast certainly aimed at children. Should the Pac-12 consider a TV deal with Nickelodeon? <laughs> if it's 20 mil for a school per year, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, uh, I, I've not watched it, but it looks fun for kids. Uh, can you imagine? Slime Zone, Pac-12 After Dark. Slime Zone. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> football unveiled its new meeting room. You like? I do like it. It, it needed an upgrade. It needed a refresh. It's brighter, um, and I, I just I love what they've done with it. Dave Broberg and his team did an incredible job, and in they're designing that. And the construction teams that came in and refreshed it have made it look beautiful. It is it is bathed in blue. I mean that that yeah. thing they can uh, customize it, but yeah, it, it looks really nice. Uh, that's where we shoot the film room, so I'm looking forward to being in there every week. It was time. Yeah, and it's not going to be so dark anymore. In there. Like it'll be well, I guess. So they have these turn, lights. You like, turn you out the lights and then set those up. Want. Yeah. But I do like the brighter atmosphere in there right now. It just makes me happy. Yeah, it's it, very Tobias Junke in there. It's bright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. BYU men's basketball tweeted out that Fusini Traore. Bold a 203. My guy. Foose? What? 
Pro bowler? Is he a better bowler or basketball player? He's a pretty good basketball player, but 203 is... 203 is nice. 203 is like 20 a game in, in hoops. I mean, that's awesome. He's got to roll it consistently for me to be like, okay, yeah, maybe you should... No, one time is better than I've ever done. You should, you should seek done. a like, career on the PBA. <laughs> And we can well, watch you play on Sunday morning at 2 a.m. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> Just record it. Or in my case, last night, wake up and watch it. Um, no, no, he's, he's, well, it's a good question. Yeah. Our friend Cam. three is awesome. By the way, our friend Cam True at Bam Bam's Barbecue regularly bowls over 200. Yeah. Well, he's super legit. Foose, we're just discovering this, <laughs> this talent. That's awesome. You get Foose and Bam Bam together. Heck, heck. Uh, charity event of some sort. Still on the way, BYU keeper. Savannah Mason of the BYU women's soccer team joins us live from Southfield. It's practice number one. Why does she feel like this team is so different compared to last year when they bring basically everybody back? This is BYU Sports Nation. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.